Oh, hello. Oh. <laughs> Is that the case? Hmm. Another one. Another one, yeah. Woo! Mm-hmm. That's right. I would argue my side's the right side. Well. The Far East. The OG stuff, right? The, the, That's the right. Original, the, the, oh, the OG York from there or something? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, yeah York. ones are better, so. I don't think this one's, I don't think Old York is that far from me, actually. I can, I can. They're gonna ask me to rap, but all right. We'll go ahead. Mm, okay. Huh? The internet? Funny? Hmm. Uh... No audio from Sean. Yeah. What was it last time? <laughs> <laughs> you you last time you had to un, you had to mute the audio coming from the stream to allow yourself to do a thing. Okay. Right. The echo bus. Some sort of fix. How about now? We're on the uh, unmute raid right now. There is a delay, so hopefully uh, now, yes. Good? All right, great. Let's go. All Love right. it. Let's go. Okay. Thank you for the help, stream. As always, you guys are undefeated. Appreciate the love and support. Thank you for joining. Uh, speaking of love and support, I want to say a great big shout out and thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash the comics pals for as little as $3 a month. You can support the show, which we super duper appreciate. We want to shout out everybody who has chosen to join us at $10 or more. Uh, so thank you to Thunderstruck, Rebecca Alejandro, the Night Stalker, Harris Najinsky, 
Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Julissa the Jaguar and Random Rocio, the Courageous Kunaladas, Kefis the Incorruptible, the Great Destroyer Hyper Viper 89, Momentum Mike Elliott, Starcrossed Catherine Stars, and Indestructible Indy Aaron. If you want to join the Palsverse and get a, I hope, cool uh, comic book superhero or villain nickname, hit that $10 or more tier on Patreon and, uh, you know, help us out. Uh, Marco NFTs forthcoming? Sorry? NFTs forthcoming? No. <laughs> I think that will be the thing that further fractures the pals. We, we oh, can't no. have that. Oh, no. Um, Marco put his newsletter out this week. He was next up. Marco talked about uh, the dreaded M word on this podcast. <gasps> who, talked who, about who? manga. Oh, okay. Shivers. Okay, that M word. Yeah. That M word, yeah. Uh, yeah, manga. You guys know I read it, and you guys know I love the love stories there in between. I uh, described my first introduction to manga, and um, it all started with a girl. Big shock. <laughs> you know, in my life? Yeah, yeah it's pretty... It's, sounds appropriate. Part for the course. what this next girl gets you into. Oh, God. Hmm? I'm not ready for there to be a next girl. I don't think anybody Listen, is. Listen, I'm... Uh, yeah, I'm not either, <laughs> but it's a new season of Marco, so... <laughs> you gotta follow what happens, right? That's right. That's fair. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. If you want to watch this show live and watch us... Fumble the bag to try to bring this show to you. Uh, then you can do so by tuning in at twitch.tv slash the comics pals at 10.15 a.m. Uh, roughly. Roughly. Depending on who's here and who's not. Right. <laughs> For those of you who are just tuning in, Tyler's not here, so... You know, technical difficulties are to be expected, but thank you for uh, thank you for being patient. Anyways, uh, Thursdays at six p.m. Eastern for pals pulls. We had a pretty good time this past Thursday. Hang out with us, join us. Uh, book club. Our next book club is Uncanny Avengers by Rick Remender, Daniel Lacuna, uh, and several other artists. Um, that will be dropping in two Tuesdays, so June seventh. Uh, the first Tuesday of the month. This was actually voted on by Patreon subscribers. So Woo! shout out to all you who took part in the vote. Really appreciate that. That's going to be a great yeah. time. Thanks, <laughs> Patreon. Thanks for making us read 22 comics. It was my pick, so I'm happy about it. But, uh, uh, you know, it is what it is. And last but certainly not least, join us on Discord, where we are always having a really fun time. We're about to read listener comments, which came directly from the Discord. Some of them. Most of them came from YouTube, admittedly. But um, on that note, Kale, why don't you take it away? Sure. So the first comment is from Dan Trudeau, the perpetual commentator. <laughs> uh, he says, my number one comics plot twist was Swamp Thing wasn't Alec Holland. Let's go. A plant who thought he was. That melted my young brain when I read it many years ago. Uh, Daredevil can pull off a tone shift without a full reboot, as you guys mentioned. Things were looking more up for Matt and the gang at the end of Season 3. In fact, they could do the same thing Wade did by having Matt decide on a more positive outlook after surviving so much darkness. The, to the tone of the show would follow and fit better on Disney+. Plus. Um, 
and the Matt who showed up in No Way Home already seemed more upbeat. You could introduce a whole new status quo to these shows by using the blip. D'Onofrio said in his mind that Kingpin was different because of how those five years changed him. The other characters could follow suit. In terms of Iron Fist, who shouldn't be there, sorry, that was me editorializing, uh, I think he could be a supporting player for Shang-Chi going forward. Shang-Chi going forward. It would allow him to exist without the mighty whitey trope. That is a phenomenal name for that trope. Great term. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Dan. Appreciate the comment as always. Um, yeah, I think I think we pretty we, we kind of laid that out. We kind of laid that idea out um, in the episode that uh, you know they could do sort of a a, a lighter tone Daredevil. Um, would it feel inconsistent with with what came before? Yeah, but I don't think that that's out of um, out of line for daredevil mm-hmm. yeah yeah and there's definitely just room to do stuff um the house of mouse has stories to tell and uh, i'm sure they have they're capable of doing so so uh we actually have an update this week to that uh so Ooh. yeah so um actually Kristen ritter um i don't know if she was spotted or it's just outright confirmed. I believe she was spotted uh, filming a Marvel Studios production. Mm. Interesting. So obviously, I mean, you put two and two together that she's you know there to perform as Jessica Jones. Um, so that pretty much, I'm not. I guess I can't say it absolutely confirms the return and the canonicity of all of that stuff, but it's pretty well close to it. Because of the multiverse, we can't actually like say anything is anything. Um, but I would I would be pretty comfortable saying that that's what's likely that they're they're continuing on in some form or fashion with those actors and saying yes, these things did happen. Hmm. Hopefully, so. not all of them. Anyway, <laughs> I like the shank. I like the the Iron Fist idea. But only to some degree. I don't want... I like Iron Fist. And I don't want there to not be one who does his own thing and isn't just a sidekick. I don't think that's you know, how Iron Fist should be portrayed. So I hope that they find a way around that. Even if I didn't like Finn Jones. Uh, recasting is the easiest thing it could possibly do. I'm with it. Makes sense, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Alright, the next comment is from uh, Anthony... Kokur? Sure. Kokur, I don't know. Sorry, Anthony. Uh, I've got to get this off my chest. With the coming of Dark Crisis, I was stoked. I've never read Josh Williamson before, but his plan for the next DC event looked ambitious. I'm a diehard Swamp Thing and Grant Morrison fan. Yeah. So when I saw that the Great Darkness, a.k.a. the Great Evil Beast from Swamp Thing, and the Empty Hand from Multiversity would be honored, I couldn't wait. Then I read Justice Incarnate, and I was massively let down. Hmm. Williamson, for me, missed the mark on what these entities really represented. The GEB was a nuanced form of darkness that was not inherently evil, and the EH was the reader's need to be constantly fed material ad nauseum because, well, their hands were empty when they finished the comic. Hmm. Here, these concepts seem dumbed down and cheapened for crisis punch-ups. What were rich, texturized concepts seem wasted. 
Granted, there's still much more story to follow, but my question is for you guys, has a writer ever botched a character or concept that removed you so, that removed you completely from the comic? Sorry for the rant. Love your show. Don't Thanks you for dare apologize. <laughs> we love rants. Uh, two for two on the Swamp Thing train this morning. It's a good day. Yeah, a lot of smart people love Swamp Thing. What happened to you? Ooh, um, big brains. Just kidding. Uh, so yeah, let's just answer the question. Has a writer ever botched a character or concept and it removed you completely from the comic? And I'll amend that a little bit. Um, cause sometimes the end of the story is what, you know, alienates you from the character. So has that ever happened also? Like, has the story ever ended in such a way where you're like, wow, I can't fucking care about him anymore or her. The the thing that comes to mind for me is uh, <clears throat> Flashpoint. Mm. I I've spoken quite a bit about how much I hate that event, but it started with Barry Allen coming back uh, into you know regular DC canon, and then just the whole reset came. It felt like it came out of nowhere, and Flashpoint, the event itself, just it was bad, and it didn't make sense. Mm. And then it led to the new 52, which for me was just utter, all of it was just, well, most of it was just garbage. I, during the new 52, that's when I sort of discovered a love for Aquaman. And during the course of it, I had a great time with Jeff Johns, some of the people that picked up afterwards, Ivan Reese, the art was always good. The stories were always really, really on point. And it wasn't until maybe towards the back half of the... No, definitely like later in the issues of New 52, maybe around, I want to say the 40s or something. I think Cullen Bunn came on mm. on board and I was super excited. Um, I was a huge Cullen, uh, Cullen Bunn boy at that time because of um, Harrow County. Some of Bun, other boy. <laughs> Bun boy. Bun <laughs> boy. And um, it, he came on and he just had this whole tone shift. His whole thing was like horror focus and it didn't really fit the character and uh, the art as well got really murky compared to some of the bright colors that had been established because of Ivan Reese and um, it cohesively it, it didn't it didn't just mesh well and I ended up dropping the book after maybe three or four issues I'm like I I can't get through this stuff I on paper I should be loving everything that's happening it's horror it's Aquaman it's Bun it's uh, I forgot the artist at this point but it just didn't work and I fell off it. So uh, the easy, obvious answer is Wally West, Post Heroes in Crisis. That was mm. insane <laughs> what they did to that character. Uh, love Tom King, but I just I think I think even he's since admitted that that was kind of a miss um, on a podcast, mm. and they've since retconned that anyway. So, um, but my my like personal answer is. Everybody who's written Jean Grey since... I knew it. Yeah. Um, since... Like, literally since her resurrection, her actual resurrection, all of that. Um, I just don't... I think... I just don't think Marvel has done a good job with her. They haven't really had plans for her. She feels like an afterthought. Um, you know, when people aren't joking about her being in a threesome, they're not really talking about her at all. 
and I see her in the comics, but she's not really doing anything. Um, when I first saw Jean Grey in a comic book, it was New X-Men by Morrison. And that had already come and gone. Like when I started reading comics, yeah. it was over. But I was so happy that she was alive because, you know, I never like I mean, I didn't expect that. I know her to be dead. So um, there was a she's a main part of that story. You know, she's a, a major factor there. And, you know, her death in that is a big action moment. You know, uh, it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's a great moment. Um, she hasn't had a moment in, since she came back. Since Rosenberg resurrected her, she's done nothing. And it sucks. Yeah. yeah, it really, it really sucks. Um, so, yeah, that would be my answer. Have, have you have you not enjoyed the characterization uh, with the Hickman stuff, or is it just you want to see her do more? Uh, the characterization has been okay, but she just—I don't know—she just doesn't do anything. She's like, mm. like they're trying to do things with Storm, and mm. it's kind of working now. But I feel like both of them have been irrelevant. Um. And Storm's more relevant, but still not, like, making decisions relevant. She's not doing things that cause things to happen yeah. or, you know, saving the world or whatever. She's just up. She has a title, but that's not enough, you know? She's reacting right now to whatever else is going on. She's not the, the causing it. She's not the driver of that stuff. Yeah. And we'll see, we'll see how uh, X-Men Red continues to develop her, but, you know, for now, that's how I feel. Uh, but thank you for the co for the comment, Anthony. Oh, that that was me. Oh, did I did I cut? You're back. You're yeah. back. You're here. <laughs> All right. Uh, I was just saying uh, thank you for the comment, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, this one is from Harris, the Night Stalker. Uh oh. Did the is the Twitch feed okay? Yeah, it's back. Yeah, it is yeah, back. Just okay, a little... cool. We'll hiccup. All right. Harris, the Night Stalker. Here's another random question for you all. If you had to write a for a rogues-led team book, which rogue gallery would you write for? Bonus points if it's not Batman or Spidey. I believe it would be interesting to revive some JSA rogues, which have long been forgotten. Yeah, JSA ones would be cool. They're old, old comic booky shit wizards and well, wizards. More wizards i guess <laughs> wizards and wizards, <laughs> wizards, and wizards. <clears throat> i can come up with uh and thank you for the question harris who is uh watching us live right now lay booyah yeah did you have a answer kale outside of that flash easy yeah i would love to tackle a flash rogues book Captain Cold, come on. I love how mm. Batman and Spider-Man are disqualified from this, but the the rogues are literally the rogues. You know, yeah, that's yeah, Flash's yeah. rogues, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's available. Like, that's the easiest option. <laughs> I'm not going to choose it, but yeah, for sure. And I think that would fit you, you know, really well, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I've always thought of... Um, Swamp thing. I was going to say the spirit. <laughs> okay. The spirit is like... 
uh, like noir crime characters or mob bosses. There are um, there are also like side stories within the within the series with um, Mr. Mystic and Lady Luck, who are these two sort of ancillary characters. One is this master of mysticism. The other one is this spy sort of lady. And um, within that, there's just uh, a plethora of characters to pick from um, beyond yeah. just uh, like the octopus or uh, John Law and things like that. Like there's a lot there. Even even if you did something with the octopus, that would be revolutionary for that title yeah like uh, for sure could you name five villains of the spirit ah that's one thing i probably couldn't do and most of them would be like femme fatales yeah okay the octopus pagel yeah 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 those would be the only two i could do off my, the back of my head, like hand um and i think mm, sans serif probably one sans serif yeah that's a great one okay yeah for me, you know, I, I think if, if you asked me this without a qualifier, I'd probably still choose this. Uh, the the X-Men. Okay. I love the X-Men's rogues gallery. I think it's underrated. Um, you know, when you talk about villains that have, a lot of them, like, inherent tragedy to them mm -hmm. because of the fact that they're mutants, uh, a lot of them do what they do as a reaction to the persecution that mutants get, especially when you're talking about like the brotherhood, uh, apocalypse is a representation of like the ultimate mutant who doesn't have any ounce of Xavier's dream in him. Um, he's got his own dream, um, but he doesn't even have Magneto's like care for mutants. Like Magneto genuinely loves mutants and he wants them to be free and happy, but he goes about it in, you know, you know, if you feel like it's a wrong way. He goes about it in an extreme way. Mm. Apocalypse takes that and just throws it out the window and goes all the way. Um, you know, you have mutant haters. You have m machines built to kill mutants in the Sentinels. Like, it's so amazing. You know, and then you have, like, the completely zany shit, like Mojo and Arcade, that don't even fit that mold. But they're yeah. a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah. Would, would, would you pick a selection of mutants? Or would they be in, like outside of that? Like like a uh, mojo and like a arcade? If, if I had to do a book based on the rogues specifically, it, I mean, it would be a brotherhood book. And I think it would mm -hmm. be, you know, a very dark and serious um brotherhood who've just gotten fed up and they have a plan that's really bad and hurts a lot of people and the x-men have to stop them and it sucks because they love them in to some degree because they are mutants but like they just you know did something really terrible and they have to get put down something like that do you think anybody's ever written a sentinel book a book from the perspective of a sentinel no uh, the closest so issue, the closest we've gotten that I know of is you know with some more of like the Nimrod focused stuff, but even yeah. then, um, I, I I and I and that's probably like my favorite, maybe not favorite, but like top three X Men villain is the Sentinel. Yeah, Magneto, uh, Apocalypse, Sentinel. But in, in the Krakoan era, they're not going to be the same kind of bad guys, though. Sentinels? 
Well, I mean, the, the, the Magneto, let's say. The Brotherhood. I wouldn't do it in the Krakoan era. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, there's no, like, rogues gallery for the X-Men now. It's the Orca. It's Orcus and plant ladies and, or, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. So. Different countries, all that. Yeah, exactly. The, gr- the growing grandmas. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was a really good question, Harris. Uh, I, I immediately thought of the X-Men, but I was like, man, you know, like, I would love to hear someone have said Superman and see how you would, you know, do that. Yeah, it would have been my second pick, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there, and there's places to go with that. I think Daredevil, for like a real Daredevil fan, you could do some cool stuff there too. Uh, so, yeah. I think, I, th- I think that most rogues galleries are underrated and underappreciated and not just by fans. I think I would love to see more writers test themselves and use villains that aren't like, the most obvious one, two, or three that you could do. And I think it's harder because you you don't know how much time you're going to have on the book and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I would just like to see people branch out a little bit. Yeah, mm. for sure. This uh, the, this is off topic but related. I uh, listened to a, a D&D podcast called Rude Tales of Magic. And there's a specific episode where the gang gets on a boat and then the next episode the perspective shifts and they're being chased by witch hunters and all of a sudden the players are witch hunters and they're you know new to to the whole um experience the the witch hunter game or whatever and you know you get to know them they have uh little relationships and secrets and all that and there's a big tragedy that that happened previous to this episode to the witch hunters so they play off that and then they meet the player characters on the boat and they fight the player characters as the witch hunters destined to lose right that's that's crazy it was incredible wow that's pretty cool you know what else is pretty cool uh the thor love and thunder trailer that dropped this week good stuff yeah so i'm not gonna play it um I don't want to break anything, <laughs> but uh, we can talk about it. I assume you guys have seen it. Uh, it's so that so. Sorry, watch along. Yeah, go for it. Uh, the first trailer that we got last week was you know a little teaser trailer last week, whatever it was. It was a teaser trailer um, that didn't show too too much. This trailer takes some of those ideas that are present in that one. Oh shit. Uh, it takes some of the ideas that are present in that one and it like expands on them. Um, you get to see a little bit more of everything though. So we get more buff Natalie Portman, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, we see Gore, the God Butcher. I don't know if he was in the last trailer. I don't remember, but he's so. yeah, but he's very much in this one. Um. We see that Thor's like got feelings for Natalie Portman still, but he's being immature about it. Which, you know, I was like, all right, great. Thor's still immature. Um and uh yeah, we, we learn Gore's agenda. Gore wants de- the death of the gods. Uh right up front I want to talk about Gore. I whew, I don't I don't know. I don't think he looks good. I, I he does don't. look good. Natalie Portman in those arms, bro. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so Gore's all white. For those of you who can't see it, he's like... But it's like, it's Christian Bale bald yeah. with, like, white paint. That's what it looks like. And, like, that's what it is. It and I guess that's their intent, but I don't know if I think that looks very good. He looks like an old, just like an older Christian Bale. And he's just... <laughs> It's fine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny because we've we've obviously talked about in uh, in contrast to, uh, what is it, uh, She Hulk, and how like it would have been nice if we had seen some practical effect to it. It might have made the the CGI bit softer. And here they go totally the opposite. They just like slap on some like uh, some primer on this guy, and he's just, like, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't I don't know about this. Um... I think I think they probably wanted to do him a little different because they they appropriated some of his stuff to Hella. Um like his ability yeah. to pull weapons out of him and like that specific weapon that she uses and stuff. Like that's all Gore's deal. Um which it's funny that Taika did that and then used Gore in the immediately following movie. You know, like that that sucks. Um, go ahead. What is he? What is he typically like? I'm, I'm, I'm just like googling him now. He looks like a little green dude. Gore's like all black. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's not all white at all. No. <laughs> well, I, sorry, no. maybe I'm misremembering. Am I crazy? No, I guess he is. He's not all black. He has like a black, um, a like black. He, Cape and there's like tendrils coming out of him and stuff. Nah. So there, is, he is white with the black uh, cape and stuff. So I, I guess it's like I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't think it looks very good. Even so, we we had talked about it um, a few episodes ago. I'm trying to remember which one, but where uh, what kind of actor can take you out of a movie if you see them? And this was definitely one of those instances where. Oh, this is Christian Bell. Oh, this is a movie. Mm. Okay. Hey, what's up, Shedron? Welcome to the chat. Thank you for joining. Um, yeah, like you know, we watched the Batman, and if Colin Farrell had just been Colin Farrell playing the Penguin, I do think that would have been distracting. Yeah. And so they, you know, did something completely different, and it worked out really, really well. I don't know that they needed to go to that extreme with Christian Bale. And Marvel tends to, like... I would say they tend to cover their actors up a lot less than DC does. Um, uh, but still. Like, it just could have looked better, I think. I don't know. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, Righty-ass white dude just, like, walking around. <laughs> We also see, uh, th I mean, there's some beautiful visuals. It does, it does look really good. Um, yeah. It looks awesome. There's a, there's the confirmation of uh, Russell Crowe playing Zeus. Yeah. There's a shot where he like strips Thor naked, and there's like you see his ass, but it's like blurred out. And there's a yeah. debate on the internet like, oh, will Thor's ass be unblurred in the film? That's uh, yes. So funny. Yes, we will absolutely. We will see Asgard's ass. Nice. Yeah, the oh, ass like of Asgard's it. ass. Asgard. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. like like this is full himbo. 
Yeah. 100%. Like, they couldn't lean into it anymore. I don't think it's possible. Fan service, bro. I'm with it. Like, it's not fan service for me, but I'm so happy for all the people who it is fan service for. For the fact that we've had, you know, Scarlett Johansson in the MCU for all these years, looking as only as good as she can look. For the fact that we've had Elizabeth Olsen. It's time. It's time for everyone else, for who that's not for, to get what they need. And I'm glad for that. I feel like it's mostly it's mostly been the men though. And your Chris Evans, you know, uh Haley Atwell peck touch scene. Yeah. You got your uh yeah. uh Chris Pratt, you know, in the Guardian shower or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Thor has one like every every movie. every other film and he's been in the most. Yeah, you're as far as like you know, cheesecake stuff. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, they've yeah. they've really not done much with the women as far as that goes. I just meant like for the fact that I get to I get them on screen and that, like that. It's never gonna be more than that. You know, they're never gonna show. You know, uh, Scarlet Witch's ass. You know, we're never gonna see Wonder Gore's ass. So um, I'll take it. You know, I'll take right. just her presence. But you know, have fun with Thor. Please. Heard it, here, heard it here first. Sean will take those cheeks. I whose cheeks? Scarlet? Uh, Scarlet Witch? Which are we watching again? Right. Listen, I'll I don't don't bother me. Look, <laughs> Thor looks like that. I'll take those cheeks. That's fine by me. I mean, can 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 Jane Foster show some skin? Maybe. Are you, t- are you kidding? You saw those triceps? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll take those arms. Yeah, I'll take those arms, take those cheeks. Hey, you know what? I'll take this movie. <laughs> I'll take it too. Um, you know, I'm I'm into it. It it looks it looks very good. I hope that there's a story with heart, and it's not just, you know, f- a fun romp. Thunder. Yeah, I want I want more from my Thor. Mm. Wants the love, not just the thunder. I want the death. You know, I want the death. I want the tragedy, man. I want some some heavy stuff. Do, do you and question because you've actually you've read the whole uh, Jason Aaron run, right? Not the whole. I read. Um, I got to. I finished the Jane Foster like arc. Arc, yeah. So is the expectation from your understanding that we're not getting uh, what's his face anymore? It's just gonna be Lady, uh, uh, Lady Thor. Uh, you mean like Thor Odin's son? Yeah, um, Thor. Hemsworth. I am very confident that he will still be Thor by the end of this. Yeah. Okay. okay. I think if anything, if anything, Jane Foster is the one that will die yeah. of cancer at the end of the movie. Interesting. Um, okay. But. I think it's more likely that they just let her be. Hmm. But I also don't think I think Thor's got to get Mjolnir back though. So I'm not I don't know. It's interesting. I'm down. I'm interested. I th- this is this is intriguing. This is interesting and I I I like that they're driving these two characters into each other because it's going to be the the outcome will be interesting for sure. 
Yeah. No more trailers after this. I don't want to. We're not going to cover that anymore. Oh, thank we're, God. Until the movie comes out, I just, I just want the movie to come out. I'm at that point in my life where like I don't want to watch. I don't need multiple trailers. Give me the teaser. Give me the one juicy trailer, and that's it. Good. No more. Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. If they hadn't put out the last two trailers, I probably would have enjoyed it like 10% more because then I wouldn't have known about Professor X at all. I wouldn't have known about um, – who else did I? I knew about a few people uh, going team? in. No, that one was a surprise. Was it? No, it wasn't. I knew about that. Yeah, I knew yeah, about that, like, and I knew about Captain Carter. Carter. There was a trailer that showed yeah. them. And I got spoiled on uh, on comicbook.com. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're all excited for Thor. The internet is excited for Morbius. Let's get Morbin. It's Morbin time. Joking about Morbius, that is. And I joking. actually, yeah, joking about Morbius. So this the is. doesn't do that. <laughs> the internet doesn't they're, joke. They're a serious, uh, they're a serious place. Uh I forgot I had pictures. Um, so <laughs> the 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 internet is memeing Morbius so much that they're making it look like we want more Morbius. I'll explain. So this this week is like the third week in a row or something that Morbius is trending on Twitter. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Morbius has just been trending on Twitter for some weird reason because the internet keeps memeing it. Also, um, <laughs> Morbius is the top film streaming on Voodoo. What? Yeah. All right. Uh, also, Apple TV has Morbius, and it's the most popular uh, movie streaming on Apple TV. Incredible. You guys are idiots. Yeah. You should do what I do and go on Tumblr and watch the whole thing in a GIF. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It, they're calling it the Summer of Morbius. The Summer of Morbius. Morbius Internet, sweep. Stop. Okay, stop now. You don't realize what you're doing. There's a there was a Twitch stream. It got shut down. But there was a Twitch stream that was all Morbius. It was 24 hours a day Morbius streaming. Obviously you're not allowed to do that, but they were doing it and people were watching. I wish I had watched it. It got 10,000 views. Dude, who doesn't who doesn't want to watch Morbius? It's it. I think it even comes out today uh, on distribution platforms. I hate it. I I better go get it on Blu-ray. Actually, you better I not, dude. Could have to, dude. Yeah, VHS. Yeah. Well, I'll just go to Tumblr. Tumblr.com/slash/Morbius. This is just this is just un unbelievable. It's is, yeah. is the expectation here that with this we're because we're absolutely getting a Morbius too, right? Like, hands down. It's unconfirmed, but that's what I'm saying. Internet, stop fucking around. This is a plea. I'm begging you. Stop it. Don't do this. They will greenlight that fucking movie. And I know that's not what you want. I know it's not what you want. We're going to have a Venom 2 
a Venom situation on our hands. Venom was first Venom was solid. First Venom was solid. But they will make they will green light this movie. And the second one, however good you might think Morbius has, whatever the first one has, I guarantee you the second one will not have it. Oh. I don't think people are doing this because it's good. They're not. Yeah. But like I think, I think. Do you know how like like a movie will be like so bad it's good or like it's fun to watch? Yeah, 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 yeah. Even though it's yeah. bad, this, this the next one will not even have that. That's what I'm saying. It's not gonna have. It's not gonna be fun to watch. You're gonna want to kill yourself watching this movie. That's a. Sil Stevenson in the chat brings up a good point. We need to spare other actors from Jared Leto. That's so, a good point too. If we if we get Jared Leto on Morbius all the time. If we always have Jared Leto Morbin, we can keep him busy so no one else has to act with him. Well, but that's the thing. We we need a sequel so he can say his infamous catch, catchphrase. It's Morbin time. It's Morbin time. Yeah. God, you know that's going to do it. Yeah. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oh, my God. Marvel has got to be just rolling in their grave right now. They're dead, obviously. Because... <laughs> They want to be memeable so bad, so bad, but the internet is going out of its way, going out of its way. They, I watched the film as a gif on tumblr.com slash hashtag Morbius. <laughs> and like Marvel can't do anything. I'd like to make one amendment in that. Um, Marvel is not dead. They are undead. Yeah, of course. They're, well, they're the evil dead. Right. Uh, I want to be dead because Morbius is still in the conversation. I can't believe this. I thought this movie was dead and buried. I thought we were done and dusted with this. But as it turns out, it's still Morbin time. And I want out. I can't do this anymore. I go on Twitter and I look in the right hand corner and i see what's trending and i see morbius why why not you're the problem marco Hmm? you're the problem you're the one who says why not you're the one who says why not you don't say no to stuff man you just say you say yes you go along for the ride that's all it is you know i'm i'm here i'm i'm waiting for the ride that's it terrible i i i can't do it i'm gonna be morbid Get your swim trunks on. It's Morbin time. Hell yeah. Oh my Summer God. Morbo. Well, uh, let's talk about Fan X. Anyone know what Fan X is? Is it uh, the, the next villain in uh, Venom 2, the Morbin saga? <laughs> the next Marvel legend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're, you're right. Um, Fan X is the Salt Lake Comic Convention. All right. Okay. Now, a few years ago, what is now known as Fan X was called Comic-Con, if I remember correctly. And they were sued by San Diego Comic-Con, and they lost. Mm. They They lost to the tune, Fan X lost. Oh, right, they did. Yeah. They wow. lost to the tune of what was it? Four million dollars? Yeah. Good grief. Yeah, they lost for they lost uh, four million dollars. So um, 
the co-founder. Oh, so they changed their name to FanX, obviously. Um, Brian Bradenburg is the co-founder, one of the co-founders of FanX. He actually had to take a leave of absence due to allegations against. Uh, he mishandled allegations of harassment. Okay. Yeah. So that's not great. Uh, but this week, my man, Braden, Brian Bradenburg was Brandy charged. Brian <laughs> uh, Braden, Braden, Brian Berg. <laughs> I, got, I love that. Was charged with allegations of bomb threats. Ooh, I don't like that. Across Salt Lake City, San Diego, the Matheson Courthouse, the University of Utah, the Salt Lake Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, okay. Okay. and the Federal Courthouse of San Diego. Ooh. My man is a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking wild. What is... What are we thinking here? It's wild that this is the first I'm hearing about this. Oh right? my god, dude. It's so funny. It, like this is comics adjacent, I guess, but it's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Brian Bradenburg is <laughs> Osama bin Laden in the flesh making terrorist <laughs> bomb threats all over Salt Lake City and San Diego. My man is pissed. So here are the emails, right? Um, <laughs> the emails, dude. Th this guy's name—it it feels like an old-timey kind of thing. Brian Bradenburg, bound to bomb the buildings and buildings. It's like what? Like... Yeah. Yep. Um, so these are there's several different emails, and I I don't have like all the email details, but I believe these are all from the same day. So here we go. Six fifty-nine a.m. All right. So think of think for me real quick the times that you've been awake. At 6.59 a.m., how many Every of day. those times... Every day. Okay, hear me out. How many of those times you were sending an email, and how many of those times the email was unrelated to your work? All right? Just think about that. Two times. 6.59 a.m. Thanks for finally sending my divorce decision. You can still fuck the fuck off. <laughs> there it is. That's what. That's what it was. You know what? His tone there is absolutely right. <laughs> so he was upset that he felt like his divorce deal was taking a while. Um, mm. That's the context there. Seven o eight a.m. All right. This is not even ten minutes later. We're still going to bomb the third district courthouse. Have a nice day. Fuck, <laughs> dude. Yo, I just opened this up. He didn't even, he misspelled have. He has a typo in have. H-A-E. Hey, a nice day. <laughs> nah. Hey, y'all, a nice day. I'll blow you up. Oh, my God. Sylph, Sylph says, I have to get up at 430 for work. That is Woof. brutal. Uh, do you mind sharing what you do? I'm just curious. I won't say it on the show if you don't want. Um, that's that's rough. I have a few friends who, or a couple of friends who wake up really early like that, but they drive. One of them drives truck, the other works for uh, UPS. Um, so, third one, 
7.26 a.m. So now he's had a little bit of time to think about this madness. coffee. Maybe yeah. have to go to the bathroom. Yep. Maybe a little breakfast in you. Um, now we're going to bomb the state capitol. <laughs> so probably not breakfast. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two minutes later. And then dot, 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 dot. We'll bomb the mayor's office. Jesus. This guy was on a on one. This dude is on a rampage. Who's a comic book villain that like bombs things? I can't even think of one. Oh, uh, who's that one guy from Batman Beyond? His whole thing is blow it up. <laughs> I don't know. I no? think his name is Brian Bradenburg. <laughs> <laughs> the only yeah, the only blow him up villain I can think of is from The Incredibles. Bomb Voyage. Oh, I remember so the mime at the very beginning. Uh, yeah. That's this guy. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mad Stan. That was this guy's name. Okay. Mad Bradenburg. Uh <laughs> 734. And then we're going to level the sacred temple. 737. And then we'll level the Rockefeller Center in NYC. <laughs> what the fuck? So this guy's got a network of bombs that he set up across the country. My man is a dangerous threat to the world. Like, <laughs> And then this one at 8 a.m. Now, most people are awake. Most people are in their life at 8 a.m. This is all caps. And now, we're bombing every Ivy League school, starting with MIT, Yale, and Harvard. That's how it's written. What? What is what? What's the thought? Like, what? What's the end goal here? Why travel? Chaos. I'm assuming, well, yeah, I'm wondering. Maybe this guy just really wanted to go to jail. He, he probably owes money. I mean, four million dollars, right? Yeah. This guy owns money. Um. Wow. So, oh, then the last one was we're bombing the federal courthouse in San Diego to teach them a lesson. That was eight thirty-eight. So. 38 minutes after he was bombing every Ivy League school. Yeah. <laughs> What's weird about that one is that one makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> to teach them a lesson about yeah, yeah. to teach them a lesson about what? Delaying his divorce? Like I don't get it. <laughs> What's Well, the... and the 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 San Diego thing and What San know. Diego thing? Comic-Con. Comic right, yeah. Situation. Uh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Yep. But like the Church of Latter-day Saints like I don't know. I'm just mad. Yeah, what did they do? <laughs> so, some missionaries came to my door the other day. And I'm fucking tired of it. <laughs> Rockefeller it Center. That's such a specific place. Like, yeah. <laughs> Ivy League schools. It, it, like, this guy was planning to travel the country, just like implementing these things. And for what? Oh, I love my new that. Lunch, my dude runs a comic convention in Salt Lake City, and he, he probably focused on that. Make sure that shit doesn't bomb. Yeah. I mean, have, we've never talked about Fan X, but we're talking about Brian Bradenburg for being a terrorist. Uh, so Stevenson says, uh, this guy's a Powerpuff villain. I love that. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> funny. <you>. That's good. <laughs> so uh, I hope that Brian Bradenburg enjoys the uh, like two minutes of fame. And the maximum punishment of 15 years in prison Oof. if he's convicted, which 
They have they have you an email saying you're gonna do this. They're not gonna find bombs, obviously. Like the dude didn't have a network of bombers. But I do think like I think if you make these kind of claims in any environment, you should go to jail for some amount of time. You're a nut. Yeah. I mean, especially in this day and age, like Yeah, that's not you a can't joke. just do that. Like yeah. <laughs> who's he emailing, by the way? I don't know. Right, like the oh, person yeah. receiving the person receiving these things was like, "Oh no, he must have gone drinking last night." Oh, yes, he was emailing. This is this is even better. He was emailing media people, like newspapers. The various, yeah, various people. He was gonna he was gonna murder them too. Fucking champ. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, unbelievable. This dude is. This dude is a mess. Uh, absolute mess. Uh, thanks for thanks for giving us content, Brian Bradenberg. I appreciate it. Glad you didn't bomb Rockefeller City or Rockefeller Center. That would have sucked. <laughs> um, I mean, any of these would have sucked. But, uh, yeah. Oh, boy, what an afternoon on the Comics Pals. <laughs> Seriously. How do you move on from that? Um, let's talk about Batman versus Bombs away. Robin. <laughs> Uh, there might be bombs flying when Batman faces off with his son, Robin, uh, in September. We're getting a mini event by Mark Wade. So Mark Wade dipping his toes into the event sector of DC Comics, um, which is interesting. Should be fun. Uh, he's teaming up with Mahmoud Azrar, who I really love, and Nathan Fairbairn. Uh, for a five-issue series. Now, for those of you who maybe missed the boat on Grant Morrison's run on Batman, uh, in the Batman and Robin uh, book, there is a Batman versus Robin arc. But in that, it's actually um, Dick Grayson, who's Batman at the time, uh, facing off sort of with Damien. Uh, so I don't. I doubt there's any like relationship between the two stories, but this is father and son this time. So, um, and then interestingly, this is actually spinning out of World's Finest. So oh. yeah. So a little oh. interesting wrinkle is that in World's Finest, we've been seeing the villain uh, oh. Neza. I don't know if you guys remember Neza. Vaguely. So, uh, Neza's like the ancient villain who has all this magical power and all that stuff. They set it up way back in, in well, way back. It's only like four issues of it. But they set that up in the first issue. Is that the reason Robin and Supergirl go back in time yes. or whatever? Oh, yes. Yeah, Robin's yeah, yeah. magic okay. pants yeah. or something? Yeah. Yeah. So, this is Neza coming into the present. And all right. Okay. Like basically taking the powers of magic users in, in in you know DC and upping their power level to like dangerous and chaotic levels. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. And that's gonna evolve into Batman versus Robin. Yeah. That could be interesting. See that? Yeah, for sure. I is it um it's interesting because I feel like I remember we covered a covered a story about like these new 
these new issues that were coming out and one of them was in particular for batman and robin and there was like like this very nostalgia cover you guys remember hmm i and don't it, it, it looked like in in one of them um because of that nostalgia it looked like there was this we had made an assumption that potentially uh robin might like die or something or there was going to be some situation with him i don't is it possible at all that you're talking about the superman Superman, his son cover oh yes yes that's what i'm thinking of okay okay yeah love that cover by the way can't wait to get that um so you know look Am I excited about, you know, Batman versus Robin? Not necessarily. I like Mark Wade, so I'll pick it up for that. And the, you know, the Nezu villain, um, <clears throat> Neza rather, that was set up in that issue and in that World's Finest story arc. I like the fact that they're that they're that that's gonna be something. Like that's kind of yeah. cool. I feel rewarded yeah. for having read World's Finest, so that's gonna influence my decision making as well. What I really like about this is twofold. One, Mark Wade on on a mini event. I think that's great. Yeah. I would really like to see what Mark Wade could do if he was given something bigger. To be honest, I'd be really interested to see what would have been if he were writing Dark Crisis. Oh, interesting. Mark Wade knows the DC universe. As good as anybody, I mean, you put him up there with Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison, as some of the people who really know it. Yeah, better than those people, probably. You might be right, and he can tell a damn story. So I'd like to see that. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever read a Mark Wade Batman story. Does uh, Kingdom Come count? No, because that's not a Batman story. That's a dc universe story and that's the thing he's written a lot of things with batman and you know they've all been very good but i don't know that he's done i could be wrong uh i don't know that he's done a batman run right well he's yes he's getting to write batman for an extended period in world's finest obviously that's still not a not a you know batman run but um, I, I that's an interesting point still that I I'm curious to see what his take is on Batman because yeah. even World's Finest is not taking place right now that's Silver Age so um, this will obviously be Modern Age. The second thing though that I wanted to point out that I'm excited about is the fact that he already teased that World's Finest will another another series will spin out of it here soon. It's fun. Mm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Similar premise. Well, I guess he hasn't released that much, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Good to see more stuff coming out of him, and especially I th- we, I think all of us pretty much enjoyed World Finest, so for sure. Yeah, it was fun. Mark Wade is a uh, an underrated uh, pillar of comics in this day and age. And I think a big reason for that is his exile from DC. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's fucked up. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's really screwed up. You're talking about someone who has a deep love and passion for the company, and he gets banned from writing for them, and not for anything like that was that crazy, right? Like, 
he didn't make bomb threats for the DC offices, you know. Um, well, and the Church of Latter Day Saints, right? <laughs> so it's just, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm excited for Mark Wade. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll be excited to get him really back in the fold. Yeah, because his his old his old DC DC stuff is, I mean, it really stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I wonder if he's back in. He's gonna be back into the fold a bit more because of Dan Didio having left. Because that was the, most of the fallout. I think was just that di- disagreement with him. It was Didio. I think it was. Was it Kale? Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it Paul Levitz factored in there? That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah I Tyler f- would know. Yeah, I feel like there was some kind of a there was a clash. Um, yeah. I, I just quickly Googled it, and yeah, it's, it's Dan Didio, Bob Harris, Paul Levitz. They didn't like him. Um, they wanted him out. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm into it. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, so, let's go. Yeah. So, uh, Mark Wade, would you say, Kale, that Mark Wade has written any of the best comics of all time? Yeah, which, absolutely. Which, what yeah. would you say uh, he's done that factors? Um, I mean, I would, I would definitely put Kingdom Come in the conversation. Mm. I would too. It's on my list. Uh, Empire, I think it's called. Um, I'm trying to double check. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, Empire. Mark Wade, Barry Kitson. Um, that's phenomenal where uh, a villain sort of Dr. Doom-esque called Golgoth actually takes over the world and then he has to administrate. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fascinating kind of like play on what if the bad guy won mm-hmm. and now he's, now he's like actually there. He's like, okay, how do I consolidate and contain power? I like that. Um, it's had two, uh, two arcs, I believe. Um, or maybe just one, uh, but it was it's it's real good. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I would I, again. I would also uh, include uh, Kingdom Come, and that's. I don't have. I guess I don't have much of a familiarity with Mark Wade's work, really. Um, outside it's of funny, that, it's funny. I know I've read a ton of Mark Wade. I can't name a single other thing. Right, <laughs> Archie is the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like I'm looking at his his work, and so much of it is DC. So much, yeah. it's wild. Um, but it's funny because we, in our main topic, we're referencing a list that Book Riot put together, BookRiot.com, of the best comics of all time, the 15 best comics of all time. Kingdom Come is on the list. Mm, good. All right. No, well deserved. Right? Am I not? Am I? Am I nuts? I thought it was on the list. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah it is. Um, sounds like a good list. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll we're gonna get into that right now. Um, let's just barrel through. No break. All right. We're we're here. Yeah. All right. So, um, this was actually shared by a listener of ours on the Discord server, which we would love if you joined. Uh, Nihilus on Discord asked us what we thought about this list from bookriot.com. And so 
here's how they describe it. The writer is Chris Arnone. Um, and Chris says, the best comics of all time. What a tall order. Uh, blah, 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 blah. How to choose the best comics of all time? I set a few rules. I decided not to double up on creators or titles. Alan Moore is undoubtedly one of the greatest comic book writers of all time, but he's only on this list once. I'm not letting my love of Batman or X-Men overshadow many other incredible comics either. This list spans comic book stories from the big two, independent publishers, manga, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're all varied or diverse. Uh, all right, so that's pretty much, you know, the context that you need. Mm. I want to read through the choices here, and I want to talk about, you know, our feelings about this list. Uh, so, I up front, I feel like top 10, top 15 best of, of all time lists, whatever amount, doesn't matter. They're highly subjective. Let's put that up front. Yep. Yeah. This is this person's list. Um, they're entitled to it 100%. Not going to really criticize their opinion. Um, that's perfectly fine. The caveats, I don't agree with immediately. That a creator cannot appear more than once. That seems like a weird thing to put on your list. I think if you were trying to be accurate and, and there were multiple, say, Alan Moore books that belonged on here, then they should be here. I don't think that, like, you know, Swamp Thing should be excluded because Watchmen is better, you know, quote unquote. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, I agree. I think for the the sake of variety, he's probably aiming for that because I'm sure there's a number there's only so many batman books that have all that are also probably going to be on this list and uh, at that point you know make a batman best of list um so i'm sure for just for the cleanliness of the the writing it's probably there but yeah agreed that just because uh we don't want to double down doesn't mean that there aren't other great books by these either characters or by these individual creators right so, all right, let's jump in. So, first up, we have American Born Chinese by Jean Luen Yang. Um, this is so. This is a this is a book that was talked about a lot. Um, it was an award, you know, uh, nominee. Uh, I'm sure it won awards as well. Um, it's a it's basically about like fictional stories from china chinese immigrants probably interspersed with real experiences that yang either had or knows about from people that he's known in his life um it's a coming of age tale i want to say i read this for something in the past um you know the old place yeah yeah, yeah. um it was cool you know it's fine this is i've yeah, not read this one no i've yeah. not read this one yeah I hear good things uh i i know that it's usually included in the conversation for best of books so i would say probably fitting to be here but uh, i have no I, I can't be subjective with it yeah yeah and i think that i think there's a lot of that on this list i think there's going to be a lot of books that people are going to say what what is that who wrote who did this who are these creators and 
Matt made a point in the Discord, you know, are these are these books even fun? Like are these books even you know, like, yeah, they're they're you know, oh, these are the you know like March is on here, for example. This is a yeah. you know, all time great or whatever, but like do people want to read this? Is it engaging? Is it like fun to read? Um, we'll get into that more later. Full Metal Alchemist. So we have our first manga. Um, I've obviously never read it. I've never seen the anime. Oh, Sean. I know. I've heard. I've heard. I saw, I, the, I saw the anime live action adaptation. Oh, Kale. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is good stuff. This is genuinely uh, a lot of fun, um, a lot of heart to the series. The art's incredible. It changes. It grows over the course of the... Um, the series it's not as refined at the beginning and as it does it gets tighter and tighter which is nice to see and the story is genuinely compelling um there's a lot of turns and twists and uh all of the characters i think are um are, are serviced very very well this is definitely uh i'd, I'd put it here yeah okay e e the manga yeah yeah all right fun home by Allison Bechdel. It's a good book. It is a good book. I'll give you that. I've never read it. I heard this. I heard about this book so much in like 2015. Yeah. That the play was out then. I think. I I I told myself I'm never fucking reading this. I never <laughs> want to see this book. Really? I never want to hear the name Allison Bechdel again. It's nothing against this person at all. Not at all. I don't know who they are. It's just how much I had to hear about this book and the Bechdel test. And, oh, my God, it drove me nuts. Um, so, Al, uh, so Fun Home is, you know, a book that, you know, has been banned multiple times. It's, you know, on a lot of lists of this nature. Uh, it's, a, it's autobiographical. It details Bechdel's childhood coming out. Um, you know, dealing with depression and a variety of issues like that. Um, it's got a musical, as uh, Kale pointed out, I think. So, you know, there's a lot going for it. But is it, like, one of the best comics ever made? I don't know. I, th I think the story is compelling. I, I, the way that I would consider best of, right, is you need to use the medium in addition to telling a good story in, in an interesting way, because yes, you can tell a compelling story and really drive characters and build this world. But if you're also not playing with the format unique to comics, mm -hmm. then I don't know that you can say that this is an all encompassing book from that end. Um, and I think th this is more of a, of a cartoonist story. Alison Bechdel is more so a cartoonist and in, in, in her style and in her art. And I think it works. Uh, mm. It's done and executed incredibly well. And maybe that fun conversation kind of comes into this. This is much more of a serious, heady book. But um, I'd, put, I'd put other things before Fun Home. Boy, I can't believe I'm going to go to bat for Fun Home. But oh boy. here we go. Um, I don't know. I think it, I think by your criteria, I think it does play with the form. I think the story it tells uh, uses the form 
uh, because it, so it's about Alison Bechdel's coming out, but it's also about her relationship with her father and her slow realization that her father was actually a, a closeted gay man and he died. Um, so I don't know there, and it's been a while since I've read it, but, um, there, I, I recalled that the book actually does a lot of playing with the form and, you know, using the art to portray the message. Hmm. I think the, the way that she uses the visual metaphors is really good. Mm -hmm. Um, in contrast to the text but i think there there are more direct ways to use paneling and to use the shapes of panels i think a lot of times she'll intercut she'll focus in on something right like on a panel it'll be let's say like a, a curtain or some sort of decorative piece and um the then she'll intersplice like just raw text from some book that the father was reading. And I think that that, those are, those are ways to use it, but I feel like there are better, better ways to present those same moments. Um, I don't necessarily want to get into like a review of it guys. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, um, yeah. So let's, let's talk about Inuyasha. Cal's mm -hmm. wrong. Yep. Wow. Um, I hadn't said anything about Inuyasha yet, bitch. I I have no familiarity with this. I remember the anime would come on, you know, I'd be Those watching women. Toonami. Yeah. Um, and Inuyasha comes on. That's when you know to turn the channel. Like. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yep. One hundred percent. You guys didn't watch Inuyasha? Hell nope. no. Really? Nope. I've Not only watched it. I've never I've never read it. I wasn't. Uh, what if it? If they whispered the word demons, I wasn't allowed to watch it. So. <laughs> oh, fair, fair, fair. Yeah, yeah. I was lucky to watch what I got to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a frame of reference for this at all. But the Discord was saying, like, this is not it. Mm -mm, um, no way. There are better Rumiko Takahashi books that could be on this list, aren't there? Uh, I'm not familiar with uh, Ron. Uh, did she do Ranma? Oh, I think someone else. really? No, I think she's in Mermaid Saga, Ursa, yeah, Yatsura. No, that's, yeah, that's, that, that's who that is. No, is it? No, Ranma is something else. Ranma 1-2, one, right? One, one half, yeah, one Ranma half. half. No, that's, some, that's somebody else, I think. Oh. oh, no, I lied. Yes, you're right. It is. She's right here. Okay. <laughs> yep, yep, hmm. yep. Who's wrong now? Damn, eat it. Can't, uh, can't wait to get through this riveting podcast content. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I feel like even if you're gonna choose a manga that's like, as as uh the the language is used here by Chris, foundational, wouldn't Dragon Ball? I mean, yeah, absolutely, for sure. Then again, it's their taste. Great. I'm not like you know whatever, right? But I, you say it's their taste, but I have a theory about this whole list. That we can probably get to once we get to the end of it, but sure, all right. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. So, Kingdom Come is next. Uh, look, I love Kingdom Come. I do think it has a place on this list, but the ex explanation for it being here is kind of rough to me. 
How to pick any one Superman, Batman, or Wonder Woman story? Perhaps by choosing one of the greatest Elseworlds tales ever that heavily involves all three. I feel like this was included more as a way to not include other books than to actually say Kingdom Come belongs here over those books. Like, does Kingdom Come belong here over um, just, you know, like, let's say, for example, The Dark Knight Rise or The Dark Knight Returns or Year One or The Long Halloween? Um, up for debate? I would say no. I would say not over The Long Halloween, especially, like, if we're talking about, like, best of all time and encompassing the totality of it i just don't see that not for me yeah and i think i i think i think it's a way to see a bunch of heroes you know a bunch of characters that you know and and are uh familiar you know in one shot right versus you know taking the time to read a good story and someone in our discord I, I i can't remember who it was said that and i don't necessarily agree with this but said that uh it's really the alex ross art that carries this book and i don't wholly disagree yeah i mean I it's an added bonus for sure it's a, it it helps to elevate it yeah i love the story of kingdom come for sure yeah but it's not it's not we're not talking about it right now this way without the Alex Ross art. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not relevatory. Um, let's talk about the next one. Lock and Key. Joe Hill, Gabriel Rodriguez. A great. I, I agree. I agree with this. This is a hundred percent. This would be I, in your I'm top f- top fifteen. Yeah. It's good. It's real good. It's All right. It's real good. Yeah. All right. Uh, March. Uh, oh, go ahead. You got more to say? Oh, so well, I was just gonna say I haven't. Uh, I haven't read all of it. I've read most of it, and it does something. It does different stuff. Okay. You know, that um, and the art is incredible. It tells a really killer story that works, you know, well with the art and is a very beloved book, um, and especially for when it came out. It's also just brutal, like a brutal storytelling. Yeah, we might need a art. We might need a book club on that at some point. I can't um, believe so you haven't read it. Yeah, yeah, I haven't. Uh, March, March is you know again, it's it's the perfect example of one of those comics that's you know it's 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 a life story. It's the life story of John Lewis, um, and you know that's cool, but like. Is, is like does it do anything interesting with the form of comics does it like really you know stand out as like this is a mu- to understand comics to truly engage with the medium to like it, it, i don't know if I, I i don't know it doesn't strike me that way but i get why it would be on this list because of what i think about this kind of list um yeah, yeah. mouse is up next uh, by the way, sorry. Before we go forward, did any of you read March? Either of you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have. Uh, I have all three. And you think it's? I you have think it too, but I haven't read it. You think it belongs here? I don't think so. It's a great story. Um, real, real strong message. Real strong uh, representation. But 
uh, I don't know if this is like a leisure book or something I'm, I'm, I go back to necessarily. Mm. Mouse is up next. Speaking of leisure, <laughs> uh, Mouse by Art Spiegelman recently banned. Uh, not leisure on any level. This is a graphic novel that's like a memoir. Uh, and it deals heavily with, you know, Nazi Germany and stuff like that. And, you know, what, what Jewish people had to go through. Um, Art Spiegelman and his father. and um, It's a very good story. We did a book club on it. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's in my top anything. Like, it's very good, but... I think yeah, I think, I think it's probably you know I don't say this with condescension or whatever. I think it's easy for you to say that because it's kind of outside your typical scope, right? But I think within like the history of comics, I think it's definitely one of the top contenders. It's foundational in that way. Yeah, but I don't uh, know. You know I don't think wait here. Yeah, I don't think my typical taste in comics matters here because if like I've I've read it and so and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I'm just saying that like in my mind, while it's very good, I don't know, I don't know if it comes in 15 spots, you, you know, over a lot of other things that I would think, you know. Especially like there, there's only at one Alan Moore book. But um, yeah, yeah, five of these, five of these are also graphic memoirs, right? Which yeah. is interesting. The like a third of this. Yeah, um, Shenron says to me most of the time I see top X best. It's more a list to keep in mind in case you don't have anything to read or interested in what people consider to be best of the best. Yeah, and that's definitely fair and a part of it. Um, I would say that if, like, I think this list caters to a certain kind of person. Um, And that's probably also what frustrates me, that the list... uh, I want to get through this before we, like, really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. So next up is Miss Marvel. Look, you can't convince me of this. I'm sorry. G. Willow Wilson is amazing. Adrian Alfona, Miss Marvel's really good. It's not... Top fifteen, good. I get why it's here. the 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 reason is very obvious, but I'm sorry, you can't sell me on this one. Yeah. Um. Nah. Nimona by N. D. Stevenson. N. Stevenson. N. D. Stevenson. N. Yeah. D. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. They used to be uh, uh, Noel Stevenson, as we said. Oh. oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. They're a, a trans individual and, and you know, tra- did the big transition. So they, I think they go by ND now. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. Great. Um, so, yeah, ND Stevenson's uh, National Book Award finalist book. So that's, you know, great. Um, and it looks like it's kind of, you know, it, it you know, it's kind of like a play on the typical heroes and villains trope. I've never read it, so I can't comment on the quality. Same. It's very good. It's very, very good. Um, I don't read web comics, but when I was introduced to this, I couldn't stop reading it. Okay. Um, I've got this book signed by N.D. Stevenson. No way. Like, I love That's this rad. Book. Yeah. It's, uh, it's about a villain who adopts a, uh, a, a changeling, a shapeshifter, and 
the ensuing hijinks and the broader story uh, of uh, of this villain's history and his relationship with the good guy, um, and it they they become you know a, a father uh, daughter dynamic, and then the the good they ends up the the good guy falls in love with the bad guy, and it's a really good book. Yeah. Top of the top of the genre, though. Top of the medium, though. Again. Tough. <laughs> right. Uh, next up is One Piece. I could see this. I can see this by osmosis. I've not read it, but I get the hype. In the in the way of like, uh, in the same conversation as like Dragon Ball, I can mm-hmm. definitely see why this would be would be there. I have no opinion. I haven't read it. There's a One Piece card game coming out. Um, there you go. Persepolis by Marjane Persepolis by Marjane uh, Satrapi. I have not heard of this. This is another graphic uh, novel that's a memoir. Um, also banned, often banned. Uh, it's Another one of these similar to Mouse and um, 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 Fun Home that is in the curriculum in the you know Mm -hmm. the the mediums canon. Yeah. Um, And it's good. You know, it's like we say, it's a graphic memoir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I've not read this. I hear it all the time. You know. Yeah. Best of. There's movie a movie based on this as well. Oh wow! Um, but it's, a, it's an animated one. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. Like, I wouldn't put this there. Saga. Uh, I think that lists like this love Saga a lot. I think Saga is very good. Yeah. It's hard for me to say that a comic book that's not over is should be on a list like this because look. I don't think this will happen. Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples are immensely talented and they've not really done wrong so far, but it could end bad. And then what? Do you amend the list to take it off? You know, like <laughs> all of those, all those years later. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Um, it's great, but yeah. forthcoming to see what the end is. The Sandman. Now we get to one that I will not at all in any way, shape or form contest. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you get Oh, okay. No, of course. It's like I've I've read a, a a portion of it what we did for the book club. That was fucking amazing, right? It wasn't the whole thing, but I certainly got a taste and I was very pleased. And I know the word of mouth and I know what people say about it. This is one of those comics that pushed past like just strictly comic book readers who go to comic shops every week. And I totally get why it did. It's annoying that it's like the only comic people, one of the only comics people ever want to talk about. Like, yeah, I've read Sandman, so I understand comics better than you do. Um, but it yeah. deserves the way we talk about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, Usagi Yojimbo's up next. Can't speak to it. Kale, I know you love it. Boy, you know this is going to be top of my list. 1,000%. Top of top top of all time i just i love this book i love what sakai does in this book i think it's absolutely incredible 
And I think the the research and the stuff that goes into it, 1,000%. All time? Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> not it. And the last one's Watchmen. Uh, I, again, not going to contest it. Watchmen is a classic for a reason. Uh, it's a, one of those comics, again, that push past just comics. There's a movie about it. There's a show about it. A show that, in my opinion, is better than the comic book. Um what what there's nothing to say about Watchmen. Um and it belongs on a list like this. If I was putting together a top fifteen list, Watchmen would most likely be on it. But let's circle back to the conversation that we sort of danced around, which is that, you know, this list feels like it caters to people who actually aren't interested in comics. Cash readers. This this reads this whole list reads to me like the best sellers at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. 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 And I think lists like this do a disservice to comics i don't think that they do a good job of representing what comics are why because there's nothing fun about this <laughs> miss marvel is a fun book but miss marvel's not here because of how good it is i'm sorry it's not yeah yeah it's not it's here for representation reasons and it's here for sort of the what you know what circles it rather than the actual quality and again I think it's very good. I'm not shitting on it in any way. I love it. But it's not top 15. Um, mm. And I have a hard time believing that the writer who did this actually thinks that it is. And that's that's kind of the frustrating thing. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the bestsellers of Barnes & Noble was a good comparison. I, I, I As we were going through, I feel like maybe three total could be you can have make an argument should be here um but everything else is either debatable or just outright like not uh, it, there's a difference to uh for people who actively read on a weekly basis monthly basis what they're going to be picking out i feel like some of it's going to yeah. be a bit more current yeah and, and also less focused on graphic novels I also think this is an entirely different list in in this the year of our Lord twenty twenty two. That's right. This list reads like something from two thousand ten, and yet it's from a few days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Fun Home and Persepolis, and what was the other one? Um, March. No, not even necessarily March. Yeah, maybe Mouse, but. <laughs> um. Those are deep like autobiographical cuts right like i went to comic book school and i that's the only reason i know about these right like it's just it's so i i don't know it's so 2010 like i said like you know what sells what's what's literary in the comic book yeah medium. that right. that i think is is the the conversation what is literary is is how do you transition people who read books into comics versus uh that's not that's not how you should be approaching it. you should be approaching it as how do you just get somebody into comics and this is made for those okay uh the expectation is that book readers are going to be doing are going to be reading memoirs and are going to be reading yeah. these long adventure tales but like 
was it probably sci-fi uh, action adventure and you know your your mystery your crime thrillers or it could be the right. stuff that you people read uh, books right so cater to that the genre not the format or the form yeah i i completely agree uh i took a class uh for with um comics experience in 2010 and it was in person it was one of the last in persons that they did and maybe like i think there were like what eight of us and probably half of those people were not active comic book readers in the sense that they've read comics on a weekly or even monthly basis, um, when asked why they read comics, like what, you know, we did like, oh, how'd you find comics? A lot of them said books that are here. Mm-hmm. Sandman was specifically mentioned like two or three times. Watchmen was mentioned. Uh, I want to say, um, uh, what's that other book? Uh, I want to say Swamp Thing was mentioned. It's not on this list, but... Um, but it was stuff like this, you know, uh, I remember hearing about some of this stuff at that point and it's like, look, that's all cool. But could those people write comics, you know, like their baseline for what a comic book is and mine are not the same. Mm. And when that person goes to write a comic script, they're going to do something different because of what they understand about comic books. I don't think that if you read this, if you read every book on this list, I don't think you would have an understanding of what comic books are. And it's hard for me to believe, and again, I admit my ignorance. There are books on this list I've not read. I'm not criticizing them based on my not having read them. I'm saying it's hard for me to take a list like this seriously when it doesn't have a single thing that's ever been done Within the realm of X-Men. When the only Marvel thing is Miss Marvel. You know, um, I can't... None of the top 15 best comics ever made came from Marvel other than Miss Marvel. Something that just came out within this decade. Really? What would you put uh, instead of a Marvel book? <sighs> God. Instead of a Marvel book? Or like, instead sorry, of sorry. Marvel. Instead of this Marvel book. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think uh, there are there are a few places you can go. You could do, like, I love God Loves Man Kills. I think that's phenomenal. Um, I don't know that this would make my list, but, like, if you're talking about Spider-Man, uh, you could always talk about Spider-Man Blue. I think that when you're talking about, like, representing comics, that's a, a, a classic in that way. Um, and it represents Spider-Man, you know, who, I, I mean, top 15 comics ever, what the fuck? Um, and then... My list gets, you know, it gets personal. Um, it gets it gets personal, and it includes things that others might not include for quality reasons, I guess. But like to me, Secret Wars by uh, Hickman, you know, is a modern classic. Um, I don't know. There, I, there's so many places you could go. You could talk about Chris Claremont's X Men run. Like there are no long comics runs. Inuyasha's here, right? One Piece is here, which is still going, but Chris Claremont's X-Men run doesn't count? Or is it included? That doesn't make any sense to me at all. And from DC, forget it. I think DC probably has more, like, classics overall than Marvel does. And there's, what, two here? Yeah, right? If that? Yeah. Swan, uh, 
Sandman and uh, Kingdom Come. Yeah. Watchmen, oh, yeah, I guess. Watchmen. Yeah. Oh, Watchmen too. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so still, they so three. There's, yeah. But still, there's there's more to to do that. Like for sure. Uh, what is it? Kingdom Come. We already talked about. We'd swap out for something else. Um, yeah. My last thing with this list, um, and again, it's it's the author's perspective. I think that like uh, Western comics too often nowadays are getting lumped in with manga or manga's being lumped in with them, however you want to slice it. And I understand that they are comics too. But my issue is we should celebrate and highlight great comics of the Western style and format if you're trying to talk to people about comics. If you want to have a... Like, manga gets its own list. Manga absolutely gets its own list. I want comics to be at the forefront. You know, if you're going to have books like, you know, um, Fun Home and some of those other books and manga, yeah, you're only going to be limited to, like, one Marvel book. Is that an accurate representation of comics to me? No. But then uh, I feel like that's not fair because right, then, then we, we can't necessarily say that only Western comics are going to be the epitome of something. The same way we can't say that for European comics, the same way we can't see that for manga, right? We, we have to make those exclusions if we're talking about either subjective or uh, about subjective quality, right? I'm As much as I could put Swamp Thing up here, I'm also going to probably put... Um, I, don't know, I probably will put a, a Full Alchemist up here or something by Junji Ito because there is quality there that you have to consider. Yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying is that manga gets that. Manga gets its list. Manga sells, you know, however many copies and, you know, does amazing. I'm saying I like the the comics list to be and I'm not saying like western comics like only comics made in the west. I'm saying that style. So I don't care what country it comes from. I'm just saying that kind of book I want that to have its own space the same way manga gets its own space. Manga gets to be its own thing and it gets to be in the in the conversation here with comics. I feel like comics get alienated like they don't get included in the top of comics and somewhere else. Right? You would never see a manga list, a top manga list and have comic like western comics on it, right? Sure. It would just be manga. But a comics top list could include manga. Do you think you should be sure segment them though? I don't I feel like that's not I feel like we we shouldn't separate them aside. We're going to say just comics. It should be all of it. But I'm saying manga gets its own list. Right, like manga gets to when you you could have a top ten, top fifteen list of just that, and that's fine, and it would be whatever. But when you say comics, now you also have to include manga, which already gets to have its own space. Western comics don't get their own space. That's what I'm saying. In these conversations, mm. yeah. all right. Silv wants to know. You gotta bite the bullet. What are your what are your tops? Yep. And Let's that's, try to keep it five. Let's go five each. Yeah, that's how I wanted to end it. We'll do five. 
Uh, Kale, are you out, out the gate? You have? Okay. These are in no order, right. and I'm going to struggle with it. Yeah. The first one that comes to mind for me is um, uh, a book called The Arrival. Uh, I believe it's – it might be Swedish. Um, it's an incredible sort of immigrant story done on – um, I think I think it's sort of a um, really sketchy block print style. Um, it's very good. I, you'll like the artiness of it uh, for mm. sure, Marco. Uh, Chainsaw Man, easy. Um, for me, man, the ambitiousness of Crisis on Infinite Earths. You know, for when it happened. Uh, it's gotta be. Yeah, that's gotta be in there. Hawkeye. Mm. Um, I think some of the stuff, some of the experimentation in Hawkeye, uh, is really important. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Usagi Yojimbo. I think uh, I think that. I think the storytelling and, and, you know, I mentioned it earlier, the research that goes into the the historical aspects of the book um, is absolutely incredible. Mm. Marco, you, you got yours? I'm missing two, but maybe we'll work through it. Um, I, I got Swamp Thing, oh. for sure. Uh-oh, Kale. Uh, I'm just realized another reason to be mad about this list akira is not even on it okay. like what the fuck what are they doing all right let's shut this shit down <laughs> fuck this book fuck this list <laughs> i'm uh i'm doing swamp thing uh i did include sandman um i'm torn between like, for a horror book lock and key yeah yeah lock and key no no particular order either um I would include Akira and I'm struggling on the last one. I want to say I am a hero and uh that is that's another manga. That's a real fun one. Who's that by again? Kengo Hanazawa, that's it. Real good stuff. Especially if you're into zombies. That's that it. Five. Yes, five. Okay, nice. Wow, you rattled those off. Um. All right. So again, super personal list. I'm sure you know someone will pick it apart. Um. I have uh, Civil War on my list. Oh, I knew that was going to be absolutely. One. Yeah. I, I I'm not necessarily in order here, but um, you know that book, that book is yeah. what made me a lifer. For comics, mm-hmm. um, and I, I do think it's an important comic book. If it's not, certainly not perfect. Um, Grant Morrison's Batman, and I'm not saying like any specific arc or whatever, just like the totality of the run. Uh, Grant really mesmerized me at 17 years old with some of the stuff they were doing, 
and uh, I still refer back to it like that is top of the line DC comics. I don't think it really gets much better than that. Um, I would also have Jonathan Hickman's entire Avengers saga on there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, another like amazing, incredible run. Uh, that does special things with a cast of characters that, quite frankly, uh, I feel like don't have that many phenomenal stories. Um, so that would be up there. Uh, I would also probably say, I'd probably say uh, The Long Halloween. Um, yeah. Love that book. Yeah, it's just, it's phenomenal. Uh, Rick Remender's Low. That's in my that's in my top five. Um, criminally underread, underrated. I don't even know if that was five. Was that five? That was five. All right, yeah. 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 So yeah. sure, that's my top five today. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it'll it'll inevitably change. And I do want to you know I do want to say we're you know critiquing the list to some degree, but we understand this person's totally entitled to this list, uh, whatever the reasons are that it looks this way. Um, and that our lists are as critiquable as, you know, this person's. That's okay. just the way it goes. Um, I wanted to have this conversation just because I feel like it, it frustrates me that, you know, there's Marco always brings up or used to bring up a lot the idea of comics as low art. Mm. And even though when I was younger and, you know, it's, it's not even in my lexicon to speak that way. That idea has always kind of bothered me as a fan of comics and as someone who loves them so, so, so much that unless the book is autobiographical or it's some kind of a memoir or it's, you know, a big, you know, fucking book like Watchmen, like this really uh, seminal thing, that it's trash. You know, unless it was written by the right kind of person or the main character is the right kind of character from a, you know, gender or ethnicity standpoint, that those things are what matter and that the quality or the fun of the book is not taken into account. That it's actually a point against it, I feel like, if it comes from the big two. Or even if it's indie, but it's not heady, you know? That bothers me. And that's what I was even talking about earlier. I want to see that celebrated. Yeah. yeah. For one of our um, our Patreon posts, one month we should all just do like a top 100 of our favorite books. Are you see crazy? Many, see how many Fuck cross off. over. Come on. Top 100? 100? That's not bad. What do you mean I it's not even, bad? I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't even tell you a top 10 that I've ever read. What? You want me to tell you 10 books right now? Not right now. I'm saying for like our monthly posts, we have time to think about it. One month, we should all just put out like our top 100 books and see how many cross over. No, fuck you. What? Unless these people want to pay for it. Mark, they are. Marco is the Brian Bradenson of this podcast. <laughs> You're terrorizing me right now with that concept. There is no way I'm doing a top 100 comics. I'm lucky. Do it. We're lucky Murphy's not going to listen to this because he'd be like, yeah, absolutely you're doing this. <laughs> I'll up my Patreon pledge if you guys yeah, right. do a tough <laughs> <laughs> Um, No, I mean, like, 
I could probably swing. God, I don't know. I could I could swing a top twenty, top some you know twenty five, something like that, if I had to. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, hundred. At some point, you're just gonna be listing books, things like. you've read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, uh. What was that one? Oh yeah, Heroes in Crisis. I read that. Oh yeah, I read that. Yep, that was cool. Okay, so, uh, that, so we already know that's a hundred. That's bottom of the list. <laughs> spawn number three twenty seven. Mm -hmm. uh, Gunslinger spawn the one where he fucks the clown. That one. Discouraged. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and that's number one. Right. Somehow. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's our conversation on the greatest books of all time. We'd love to hear you guys uh, share your thoughts. How do you feel about the distinction between, you know, Western-style comics and manga? Do you think they go together? Do you think they should be listed together? Um, how do you feel about lists like this in general and their subjectivity? Obviously, everyone's list is valid, even the worst of them. Um, and, it, you know, we'll never take that away from you. Uh, let us know how much you miss Tyler. I'll tell you this. I miss Tyler a lot um, because... I suck at doing this, but I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. Um, and if you want to help us support the show, help me get better, help me improve, uh, there are plenty of ways that you can support us. Uh, Patreon.com slash thecomicspals for as little as $3 a month you can support the show. And uh, you can you know, you can get a lot out of it. There's uh, newsletters that we post up every single week, one from each of us. So you're getting four a month of those. Our Palling Around show, we did, a, we did an episode about video games most recently. That was a blast. Um, you can influence the book club, which we just experienced. We're reading Uncanny Avengers because of the vote of the Patreon listeners. Thank you guys so much for that. Watch this show live. Twitch.tv slash thecomicspals at 10.15 a.m. if Tyler's here. Um... Eastern, uh, and watch Pals Pulls every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Don't I don't know what we're reading this week. You guys will find out really soon. Uh, we'll share that with you guys online. YouTube.com slash TheComicsPals. Like the video. Share it with your friends. Subscribe to the channel. All that's free to do, and it helps us out a lot more than it costs you. Um, I really appreciate everybody who stuck around and listened. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, plugs, Kale. If you want to make me worse, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram Whoa. at Toto Into. That's T O T O I N T O W. You can find my work at Kaylord.com. That's C A L E W A R D.com. And tell me why the storm, the storeworm, would make your top fifteen. Ooh, great book, Marco. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Mark Benamoto. Come talk to me about. Uh, I've been reading a lot of manga, a lot of romance manga. So mm. come talk to me about all of your favorite love stories and love tragedies. It's been uh, it's been a recurring theme in in the manga, in the manga, in the manga. Right. Well. Oh. <laughs> uh, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. Um, I I don't know what's going on. I've been in a fog. Um, share your top five. Yeah. Share your top five comics list with us. Love to see it. Uh, it'll brighten my day. Um, with that, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Until next time, take care, guys. See you next week. I already got nine.